through our procurement team. We buy on auctions, commercial, communal. We buy on buying days, micro buying days in communal areas. On-farm purchases, where we go to the farmer on his farm and we weigh and select cattle and we purchase them on-farm and we bring them to our facilities. Um, and then we also look after the DB farmer, the, the farmer that bring the animal directly to the abattoir, that have the capacity to do so for, for slaughter, for the export market. Hello and welcome to the AgriLearn Podcast. I'm your host, Raina Nalao, an emerging full-time commercial farmer as well as the brand ambassador for the Women and Youth Loan Scheme at the Agricultural Bank of Namibia. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Hank Sai Sai, who is one of the technical advisors at the Agricultural Bank of Namibia, specializing in, specializing in poultry and crop production. Mr. Sai Sai, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you so much for having me once again. Awesome. Today we're talking about poultry production. Could you please be so kind to give us a brief background on the poultry industry in Namibia? Okay, um, poultry production is an infant industry in Namibia. Mm -hmm. It has not been that popular, but over the years we have seen it gain momentum to be reaching even small-scale farmers in the most remotest areas in the country. Mm -hmm. So poultry production is actually the rearing or keeping of chickens, ducks, geese, uh, guinea fowl and other small birds that you keep either as pets, mm -hmm. as meat or as egg producers for you to nourish your body with protein that the eggs and meat provide mm -hmm. to your body. So in short we have had major commercial producers in Namibia mm -hmm. but as of late there is a trend whereby we have a lot of upscaling farmers who are now trying to try something mm -hmm. on their farming uh, businesses to divert their options and say if I'm a livestock farmer mm -hmm. there should be something that makes money in the period whereby I'm still waiting for my winners to go to the auction. So poultry is one of those emerging industries mm -hmm. that is highly growing and becoming highly popular in the country and we have seen a trend whereby the number of imported uh, poultry products is slightly mm -hmm. but surely declining. Yeah. That shows you that there's a trend whereby small-scale farmers are now coming to play. Awesome. So in, in short, that is the overview of the industry in Namibia. Now, which region is the largest poultry producer in the country at the moment? Currently, the biggest region should be Ochozanjupa region mm -hmm. because they have the biggest uh, commercial poultry farm, yeah. which is responsible for the production of 60% of the eggs that are consumed locally. Wow. And then the small-scale producers account for the 10%. And then the other 30% of eggs that are demanded and consumed in the nation, mm -hmm. they come in via imports from South Africa. So, okay. Arongo should be the second most uh, growing producer because mm -hmm. a lot of small-scale farmers in the Rongo region are now uptaking poultry production with a specific focus on broilers mm -hmm. and then producing eggs so that is the status at the moment awesome now what type of chickens are being kept when it comes to chicken production uh -huh. there is a focus on only three types of chickens yeah. You have the broilers, uh -huh. these are the chickens that produce meat. Mm -hmm. You have the layers, these mm -hmm. are the chickens that produce eggs. 
and we have the, the the breed or type that I always refer to as the most popular breed in Namibia mm -hmm. because you find it almost in every corner of Namibia, which is the dual purpose. These are the chickens that give you eggs mm -hmm. and meat. All right. Awesome. You mentioned broiler chickens. Now, what are broiler chickens? What type of broiler breeds are there and what purpose do they serve? Okay. Now, that's the first type of chickens one can farm with. Mm -hmm. Broilers are known as the meat-producing chickens. Okay. These are the chickens that you keep to produce lean meat. In other words, uh, meat with a, a whole lot of protein. Mm -hmm. And then broilers, they produce what is very common in our market, which is pack. Mm -hmm. And then you can still get byproducts of that pack, which is hungry lion and KFC. Mm -hmm. So the main purpose of these chickens are to produce meat. And then the common breeds are Cornish, Cobb, and Rose 308. So those are the common breeds. Mm -hmm. And then people just keep them for a production cycle of 42 days to produce meat. Right. Now, take us through that um, processing of raising broiler chickens from a day-old chick to it being fully um, ready for slaughtering. Okay. So production of broilers starts off with day-old chicks. Mm -hmm. By the time you bring in day-old chicks, you have to put them in a placement house mm -hmm. and under a placement house you have to have a brooding unit which artificially supplies heat to the chicks for a period of two weeks in mm -hmm. summer yeah. or three weeks in winter. So the idea is when you are supplying artificial heat you have to use infrared 160 watts bulbs that mm -hmm. produce a lot of heat to keep the chicks warm. And when they are one day old to 14 days old you start off with uh, broiler starter mesh and then this is feed that comes in powder form for mm -hmm. easy digestion to mm -hmm. the young old uh, day old chicks mm -hmm. and then from day 15 to day 28 the feed has to change and these chicks must also graduate from the placement house into the production house yeah. when they are in the production house your feed changes to broiler grower mm -hmm. and then some farmers will tell you that through my experience i've been keeping them on broiler growers mm. from day 15 until day 39 and then i only keep them on broiler finisher on three days and yeah. some farmers will tell you two weeks on broiler grower and then the last two weeks which is week five and week six i keep my chicks or chickens on uh, finisher broiler finisher just to make them nicely fat and round for me to produce meat that has an even distribution between the fat and the muscle you mentioned production house briefly explain to us the housing structure for broiler production Okay, in most cases, when you are looking at the production house, this is the house where you expect the chicken from 15 days old to 42 days old yeah. to perform to its optimum uh, rate of growth for mm -hmm. you to have a product that you sell at day 43. Mm -hmm. So when you are building this house, it's always key to ensure that the side walls, the eastern wall and the western wall, mm -hmm. are your short walls, and then the southern wall and the northern wall, they are your long walls. and Ideally, when you don't have uh, heating and cooling facilities or mechanisms such as devices that regulate temperature inside the house, mm -hmm. you keep the eastern wall half open and then the western and southern walls being the most cold walls in Namibia, they must always be solid to trap in a lot of sunlight and then the northern wall allows light to go into the house. Mm -hmm. So the secret is every square meter in a broiler house, mm -hmm. You must always remember, if it's a production house, it, sh it should at all times be occupied by 10 mature chickens from day 15 until day 42. Okay. Because if you overcrowd a square meter, 
you will realize that as the chickens are feeding and interacting, they mm -hmm. produce a lot of heat. Mm -hmm. So if there are more than 10, they produce a lot of heat and then that square meter becomes heated or in terms of um, heat temperature, mm -hmm. there will be excess temperature. Mm -hmm. And then that causes the chicken heat stress and then they do not perform to their maximum ability. So mm -hmm. ensure that every square meter, 10 chickens. All right. Now for placement house where you have your day old chicks, there's a ratio which, which works out to be 55 chicks per square meter. 55 chicks per square meter? Yes. Okay. And then from there, you make sure that in the production house, every square meter has yeah. a feeder and a drinker to allow at least 10 chickens to have access to food and water uh -huh. throughout the period of production. Okay, wonderful. Now let's move on to layers. What are layer chickens? What type of layer chickens are there? And what purpose do they serve? Okay, layers, these are the chickens that you keep mm -hmm. for egg production. And every time we are rolling out training, we normally joke with farmers and ask them a leading question just to trigger their thoughts where you say, mm -hmm. does a chicken hen need a cock to produce an egg? True or false? And then some will say, yes, for production to okay in terms of eggs, you need a cock. But then ideally it's not true because Serious? hens have the ability to produce an egg with or without the male chicken. So the cock only saves the purpose of fertilizing an egg. And layers are chickens that you keep to produce an egg every mm -hmm. day by the time they are four months old. So there are commonly two breeds that are used for this purpose. You mm -hmm. have the leghorn hens mm -hmm. and the lowman hens. Under the lowman hens, mm -hmm. you need to know that you have the brown lowman mm -hmm. and the white lowman. Okay. Now the color of the hen influences the color of the egg that you are producing. A brown okay. lowman hen gives you a brown egg. Mm -hmm. A white lowman gives you a, uh, a white egg. Now the leghorns, they also have two branches. You have the white one and mm -hmm. the brown leghorn. Mm -hmm. The color of the hen influences the color of the egg. Okay. Now with leghorns, I normally start with them because they are small framed chickens. They produce small eggs and on commercial reds, farmers have experimented and recorded that one hen in a period of 365 days, which is one year, should give you about 285 eggs as a minimum. Mm -hmm. And then the maximum you can get from each hen yeah. is 295 eggs in a period of one year. So in the 365 days period, you need to leave room yeah. for attending to certain things. And okay. when your chickens are sick, they don't produce eggs. When mm. they are stressed, they, are, they don't give you eggs. When there's an interruption in the feed, they don't produce eggs. So you have to have a benchmark of saying, if I'm operating at 295 eggs per hen, mm -hmm. at least I must miss 70 days without egg production. Mm -hmm. Now, if you change from the leghorn hens to the lowman hens, you'll find that the lowman hen, commercially, the lowest number of eggs you get in 365 uh, days mm -hmm. from one hen is 295 eggs wow. but on most commercial farms they have uh, trimmed it to 305 eggs per hen per year as the optimum number of eggs you get but some farmers will tell you that for the entire 365 days yeah. I'm getting an egg every day but always remember in your production you need to make room for planning in case there's a disease outbreak that can affect egg production, if there's stress that can affect egg production, mm. deficiency in food also has an impact on mm -hmm. egg production. So this is just some mechanism you can use to plan ahead. Awesome. Now take us through the process of the layer um, chickens from it being a day old chick 
to it being ready to be slaughtered at okay. the end of the day. Now remember, a day old chick needs heat to keep away pneumonia. So yeah. you also do brooding when you are producing layers. Yeah. And then you do brooding for the first two weeks, which is 14 days during summer, mm -hmm. just to give artificial heat to the chickens. And then in winter, it's three three weeks, which is 21 days. Yeah. Now in that space of one day old until one month old, mm -hmm. you need to give them chick starter mesh. Mm -hmm. Remember, the mesh now is powder form of the feed. This is easily digestible for a day old chick. And then by the time the hens are one month old to four month old, your feed has to transition or change from chick starter mesh to, to grower mesh. Mm -hmm. And then now that you know that, okay, these hens are now mature to start producing eggs at uh, 16 to 20 weeks old, which is four months to five months old. Mm -hmm. You need to give them a feed that encourages egg production and that is where layer mesh comes into play because it contains extra proteins and minerals that accelerate or increase egg production. Uh -huh. So this is the type of feed that you give them to ensure that every day they give you an egg. And the, the, the difference between layers and broilers is that in most cases, Broilers are kept in the deep litter system, but with layers, by the time they are four months old, mm -hmm. you need to put them in battery cages okay. where they are kept to ensure that every time they produce an egg, that egg is collected by the tray, and then you always pick it up at the front of the tray in which the chickens are kept in the cages. All right. Now, the housing structure for layer chickens. Briefly explain that to us. Now, the housing structure, uh -huh. it's almost the same as the broiler house, mm -hmm. but the only difference is that these hens are kept in cages. Okay. So the smallest cage you have for, for, for layers on the market, it takes 96 hens. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can stock it up to 100 hens. Mm -hmm. So what it does is that it has components that take 20 chickens okay. per, per section. And, and then it's only strictly 20? Or depending on your management, but, but mostly 20 will do. Okay. And what some farmers have done to measure performance of each chicken, mm -hmm. these cages are subdivided in sub-compartments that take four hens mm -hmm. in a sub-compartment. And then if you know that I have 20 chickens or 20 layers in the upper compartment, yeah. I should be expecting 20 eggs per day. Mm -hmm. But here is the cage. For you to have egg production every day, mm -hmm. you need to put in a bit of management. You need to have 16 hours of light every day to mm -hmm. enable the chicken system to produce an egg. And that specific hen should be allowed eight hours of rest for it to give you one egg every day. Yeah. So from six in the morning to six in the evening, you have 12 hours of sunlight that provides light to your chickens. Mm -hmm. And then from six in the evening to 2200 hours, which is 10, at 10 p.m. at night, mm -hmm. that is four hours of light. So if you take the 12 hours of sunlight plus the artificial light that you give as a farmer from 6 in the evening to mm. 10 in the evening, that makes up 16 hours. And in that 16 hours period, yeah. for as long as the chicken has access to water, there's no stress and you give it food, yeah. it gives you an egg every day. Yeah. And then the 8 hours of rest helps the chicken system to recuperate and on, or in other words to recover. Mm -hmm. So this is the management mechanism that you put in place to ensure that every day I have one egg from my hand. Wonderful. All right, Mr. Saisai, earlier on you mentioned dual-purpose chickens. What are dual-purpose chickens? What purpose do they serve? And what type of breeds are there? Okay, dual-purpose chickens, these are the chickens that have the ability to give you eggs and meat. Mm -hmm. 
and normally the common breeds are Rhode Island Red, Astrolopes, Oppington, mm -hmm. and uh, Boschfeld, Sussex, and the list goes on yeah. and on and on. So in the Namibian context, we don't normally give them the name dual purpose chickens. We either say Oshwambo chicken, Marathon chicken, uh -huh. Kalango chicken, Zambezi chicken. So okay. that is the name we have given them. Okay. Now the purpose these chickens serve is in remote areas, they are used as an alarm to wake you up in the morning. Mm -hmm. They are also used as pest control in the sense that they are introduced in the garden mm -hmm. as a biological enemy of disease-causing insects in mm -hmm. gardens. So mm -hmm. they eat locusts, they eat worms, they eat ants, insects, and all the kind of problematic small or uh, microorganisms that you may find in your garden. Mm -hmm. And then to a livestock farmer, these chickens have certain benefits. They do uh, external parasite control whereby they feed on ticks, they feed on lice, and feed on anything that might be disturbing or irritating your livestock. Yeah. But the, the only difference is that with um, these chickens, in terms of egg production, mm -hmm. they only produce a certain number of eggs in a year. For example, the uh, red, uh, Rhode Island red, they give you 260 eggs mm -hmm. in a period of 365 days. Mm -hmm. And if you are to use them for meat production, they don't have accelerated growth like the broilers. So mm -hmm. in short, that is what I can tell you about the dual purpose chickens. Right. Now, how long can they be kept for and why? These chickens can be kept for more than two to three years. Okay. And some farmers keep them for as long as five years. Wow. The good thing is the production system in which most farmers use yeah. or raise them is what determines for how long you keep the chickens. Mm -hmm. You'll find that in a commercial setting where you do intensive production system, you don't allow the chickens to move around, mm -hmm. so they don't waste too much energy. Mm -hmm. They use the feed efficiently and effectively. Mm -hmm. But most dual purpose are kept in an extensive or semi-intensive system whereby most of the time they are walking around looking for food on which they can forage. Mm -hmm. So in the, in the movement process, they lose too much energy. So mm -hmm. that also has an effect on their growth rate. Mm -hmm. They have retarded growth. And then by the time they reach maturity, that's why we always find it very hard to eat them because yeah. the meat is hard, the muscles are fully formed, mm. and then it will take longer to cook. Uh -huh. But they are still very good nutritious chickens and for those that want to have markets, they can still sell them in the popular Oshwamba markets whereby they are highly demanded at weddings. Alright, now you mentioned um, feeds. Can you briefly explain to us the feeding phase of the dual-purpose chickens? With uh, dual-purpose chickens, uh, they don't have a more strict feed phase program. Okay. You can give them pullet grower, you can give them poultry mix, and some farmers have now advanced to a stage whereby they are generating their own feed, mixing yellow maize, mm -hmm. which is crushed and then they put crushed uh, soybean mm -hmm. to give the protein content. So you give protein and energy through mm -hmm. these two feeds. But you can buy poultry mix from the respective retailers yeah. and then you feed it as a, a feed for your dual purpose chickens. If you want to increase egg production, you can give them some layer mesh which will stimulate egg production. And if you want to accelerate meat development, mm -hmm. you can give them broiler grower or yeah. either broiler finisher just to increase the, uh, the amount of protein that they can consume in a day. Wonderful. Now, we've talked about the different types of chickens. You mentioned broilers, you mentioned layers. 
and now dual purpose chickens. Let's talk about the production system of poultry farming. Okay, for poultry, we have three main production systems. Mm -hmm. The first one, which is the, the most cheapest and yeah. most common system mm -hmm. is known as the free range or the extensive production system. Mm -hmm. Under this system, your only job as a farmer is to buy the chickens, yeah. bring them to your homestead, and mm -hmm. upon arrival, when you have loaded them from the car, yeah. the chickens must find a place that they will call home. In other words, they have to look for shelter, mm -hmm. they have to look for food, they have to look for water. In this system, you don't have to worry yourself with providing either food or water, yeah. and you don't do any disease control. So this is the most cheapest system, but because the chickens spend a lot of time walking around, mm -hmm. their productivity is somehow compromised and the system is highly uh, susceptible to diseases and uh, theft and all these other things that can hinder your business. Mm -hmm. The second system is semi-intensive. Under semi-intensive, as a farmer, you provide shelter to your chickens, mm -hmm. you transport them from the place where you have purchased them, and upon arrival, you introduce them to the shelter, and then from time to time, if your budget allows, you give them feed and you give them water. But once the feed runs out, yeah. you can still open the chicken house and the fence around the chicken house. And then you allow your chickens to forage around your homestead or your farm. And then in the evening, they only come back to the shelter to sleep. Now with the commercial system whereby you want to always be supplying a market regularly mm -hmm. and delivering the right quantities, mm -hmm. you go for an intensive production system. Okay. It's your job as a farmer to ensure that you have a production system mm -hmm. that allows you to have full comfortable housing for your chickens. In this house, you have adequate feeders and drinkers for mm -hmm. you to provide feed and water to the chickens. Mm -hmm. And you need to make sure that this production house is cleaned at least once a week or once a month. And then you have a strict vaccination calendar that you follow. So in this system, the amount of feed you give mm -hmm. should equate to the productivity that the chickens give you in response. Yeah. To ensure that if it's 42 days to produce broilers, yeah. after 42 days you get what is yours, which is the meat, and you sell it to the consumers. If you are an egg producer, mm -hmm. the layers should ensure that every day when they are given 16 hours of light, mm -hmm. feed and water, they also respond by giving you one egg every day. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Right, let's talk about the diseases and viruses. What are some of the most common diseases or viruses affecting the poultry industry in Namibia? With uh, poultry, mm -hmm. diseases normally are brought about by pathogens such as viruses, mm -hmm. bacteria and mm -hmm. fungi. Okay. So most of these chicken diseases can be classified as respiratory mm -hmm. diseases, viral mm -hmm. infections or bacterial infections. Mm -hmm. So what you'll find is that the common ones are Newcastle disease and its clinical signs are yeah. paralysis in your chickens, they find it very hard to move and then sometimes you find that they, they move the head to the side or sometimes backwards and then after some time the head hangs on onto the front legs and then from there the chicken just dies of a sudden death. Mm -hmm. So these are called notifiable diseases and once you experience this type of diseases yeah. it's your responsibility as a chicken farmer to inform the nearest veterinary office mm -hmm. and then they can impound the whole area and then vaccinate all the chickens. Okay. And then with uh, bacterial diseases, these are diseases caused by bacteria and in some cases the bacteria con comes into the production house through the feed and water. Mm -hmm. So if you don't disinfect your hands and maybe you don't disinfect the containers in which the food is placed, mm -hmm. you always experience these diseases. Yeah. And 
Such kind of diseases are infectious bronchitis, infectious coryza, and then when they are in your system, you have to treat them. But as a responsible, pro proactive farmer, it's mm -hmm. always good to have a, a vaccination program whereby you administer vaccines yes. to prevent the diseases. Yes. So for infectious bronchitis or infectious coryza, mm -hmm. you can vaccinate the chickens using um, IBMA5 vaccine. You mix it in drinking water or you put it in a, an epsex sprayer where you, you mix the vaccine with the water and then you spray the head of the chickens. And then for Gumboro disease, it's a respiratory disease, mm -hmm. just like uh, infectious bronchitis mm -hmm. that results from a bacteria and it affects the, the sinus area of the chicken. Mm -hmm. So it comes into contact with the chickens through the feed and water. And then the clinical signs you will be seeing that this chicken is infected, mm -hmm. it's the sneezing, and sometimes the swelling of the eyes and discharge from the eyes. Mm -hmm. So to prevent that kind of an issue, yeah. you have to buy Gumboro D78 vaccine mm -hmm. that you can use in water or either as a spray. Uh, then you spray the chickens and yeah. then this prevents the disease. But in a case whereby your chickens are already sick, yeah. you don't buy vaccines, you rather go and buy antibiotics. And such common antibiotics for poultry, you mm -hmm. have Doximax, mm -hmm. and then you have doxymycin and swadoxymycin mm -hmm. and teramycin, but teramycin for chickens is not that common. Mm -hmm. So doximax, you mix it one tablespoon in five liters of uh, drinking water, and then you give that solution to your chickens. Mm -hmm. And then you must observe the chickens for a period of at least seven days before you can bring it back into the production house where yeah. you keep all the healthy chickens. All right, Mr. Saisa, we're approaching the end of today's episode. My final question to you. How can our local poultry producers take advantage of disease outbreaks beyond our borders? Okay, uh, for the new producers or current producers that are local producers, mm -hmm. there's always an advantage in a business when the outside markets are not bringing their product mm -hmm. within your borders. Yeah. When avian pox uh, was experienced in South Africa, mm -hmm. most broiler farmers could not send their produce to Namibia. Mm -hmm. For a consumer who eats poultry meat, yeah. you get to experience increase in prices of the commodity because there's shortage in supply yes. and then there's a high demand, so that pushes up the price. Course. of the product so yes. for local producers when the outside markets are not able to bring in imports mm -hmm. it's always good to maximize and ensure that you get your fair share of the market mm -hmm. to ensure that you bring the broiler meat at the respective uh, producers and when you take into consideration the risk of diseases retailers who buy these commodities they know that they start the risk of disease yeah and i still need to supply my day-to-day -day customers with the meat so yeah. Position yourself to be strategic enough to say, I produce 100 broilers per 42 day cycle. Mm -hmm. I'll negotiate with ShopRite to be giving them at least this consignment mm -hmm. while they are not being able to bring in imports. So when you do that, you now give them an option to say, should they always incur a cost of transporting the product from fires South Africa or they can just get it from you mm -hmm. and then for you to maximize these mm -hmm. outbreaks mm -hmm. it's always good for small-scale producers to partner up and form cooperatives that mm -hmm. can bring in quantities yes. that the market might demand so yes. if you do it alone you also be perceived as a risk if you can only supply once off but mm -hmm. if you organize yourself and say we are going to bring in at least each farmer will bring 100 broilers to the market 
every week or so mm -hmm. that makes it easier for the formal market to say okay we take the chance to give you the market and if you can sustain it mm -hmm. we can really benefit and grow our industry so that we have to do away with the imports wonderful right mr saisai any final remarks from your side okay from my side i would say remember farming is something that needs land Hmm. For you to produce cattle, you need a large tract of land. Mm -hmm. But for poultry, in as much as you do it 100 square meters, you can still be very profitable mm -hmm. because it only takes up a small piece of land, mm -hmm. but yet you are very profitable. Mm -hmm. So the biggest producer in Namibia only runs their operations on three hectares. But if you look at their profit margins, it will need about seven to eight commercial farmers will produce livestock to at least match their profit margin. So utilize the small space that you have, produce something that is needed for the market, and you surely enjoy a sustainable agribusiness. Wonderful. Earlier on, you mentioned cooperatives, and Agribank finances cooperatives under the Women and Youth Loan Scheme. So do make sure that you approach any Agribank branch and find out more about financing of cooperatives under the Women and Youth Loan Scheme. Having said that, Mr. Saisa, it was a pleasure having you on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me, and I hope the farmers find this very useful. Awesome. Until then, it's bye-bye. Thank you.